I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say, it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. Welcome to another Plan Strong Snackables episode with my co-host and head of product innovation for Plan Strong Foods, Jessica Hegarty. She truly is the healthy ingredient heroine. Today, we're going to change things up a bit on the Snackables podcast, giving you little bites on plant-based politics, finance, and chemistry. Yes, chemistry. In this episode, Jess and I will be discussing all things alternative milks, their tremendous growth, the challenges they're facing, and tips for how to choose from the incredible variety of options in your local grocery store. It is beyond nutty right now. And then we're going to wrap up with a simple demonstration for how you can make a truly whole food, plant-based milk, no filtering or straining required. Now, one clarification for today's episode We're going to talk about plant-based milk options and make a few recommendations, like a company called Elmhurst. Um, And there's also a company called Oatly. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the rage right now. A Swedish oat milk brand that went public recently and is taking the world by storm. Be on the lookout for one of their fat-free versions. It's the only one in the assortment that is free from processed oils. All right. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Plant Strong Snackables. I'm Rip Esselstyn. This is Jessica Hegarty. (laughs) And uh, we got a doozy for you today. So, like, fasten those seatbelts. 
But this is where Jess and I basically, we chew and we, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dish. 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 We chew and we dish on all things related to food, primarily plant-strong foods. So for starters, Jess, did you have a good weekend? I did. I did. Yeah. You know, I went to Casa de Luz again yeah. and again, Barton yeah. Springs, enjoying yeah. the summer. What about you? Iconic Austin. Uh, no, I had a great one. Uh, what I want to ask you is... What's the most number of ears of corn you've ever had in one sitting? <laughs> um, my personal record is probably something closer to three, but I know that it's a common food in uh, eating competitions. What's your record, Rip? Well, well, my I'm sure it's probably, I've never actually been in eating corn record, but I'm sure I've had a, a dozen, you know. Oh my gosh. But, but you know, I, I love corn and the Esselstons love corn, but there's nothing like summer sweet corn. And the reason I bring that up to you is because I've got a mountain biking partner. His name is Tim Turway. And he went to Davenport, Iowa uh, last week. And while he was there, he brought back a present of six ears of corn that he proudly presented to me yesterday and he said rip this is this isn't just any old corn this is peaches and cream corn it came from leclaire iowa it's made in small batches on small farms he got it from a little roadside stand a guy named a kid named ryan who was selling it on the back of his truck and it's this like tender heirloom really special corn and I was like, oh, it sounds amazing. It's like, it has these bi-color kernels. Each, each bite, each bite has two distinct flavors. Um, but we grilled it up uh, and then we had six. And the kids weren't enthusiastic about it. Jill was. I had five. Good Jill, for you. Jill, Jill had one. Um, but I'd never heard of a peaches and cream heirloom, you know, varietal, you know, corn before. But if you're ever in LeClaire, Iowa, right, go find a guy named Ryan and buy these. They are phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Was it was it sweeter and creamier than your average corn? It was it was just like a, a, a wonderful summer sweet corn. Uh, on steroids. Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds it, amazing. It was, it was. So you know, now that we're in the in the heart of summertime, I thought I'd just let you know how much I love that corn. Oh my gosh, crazy. Sounds amazing. The the other the other thing is, I was shopping this morning, getting ready for the episode, buying some different you know plant based milks, and I came across this. Oh boy. And these are it's just some strawberries, right? Um, and these are organic strawberries from the Coke farm. Uh, they're grown in San Juan Batista, California. Mm. But the reason I was so enamored with these is look at the packaging. I and mean, look at, don't those look wonderful? They do. They're beautiful. And it's, it's cardboard, not yeah, plastic. Not plastic. And so I was just so enamored with that, that I, that I wanted to buy it. And I wanted to bring it to everybody's attention because, you know, we were, we're at a place in time right now where we all have to basically collective, collectively work on being more environmentally conscientious. Absolutely. And so, I, I assume that's compostable. Does it say it on the back maybe? I mean, it's cardboard with very little ink on it. So I, I assume so. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Coke Farms in, yeah. in California. No wax, 
No plastic, no labels. Please recycle. Yeah. Amazing. Ready, recyclable. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so with that, let's 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 dive in today. Um, so I know you've been doing your research for today's episode. When Jess like digs into a topic, watch out. But we're going to talk about plant-based milks. I mean, what is a plant-based person to do in 2021 when you have such an amazing oasis of of, of options before you? Like, what is the most environmentally friendly? What is the tastiest? What's the healthiest? Because I just don't know what to make of it all. Absolutely. We are literally sitting here surrounded by options that yeah. we picked up, uh, you and I collectively. And yeah, there's a lot, there, there, there's so many options out there. And so we want to talk about what to be on the lookout for in terms of ingredients and how to pick the alternative milk that's right for you. And, and here's the thing I got to say, and that is when I started going plant-based back in the late you know 1980s, literally you had soy milk and you had rice milk and that was it. And now I think they're making milks out of just about every, I'm black bean milk. Why not? Sure. Pinto bean milk. Why not? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, Rip, I'm I'm so excited for today's episode. I've been thinking about it for weeks um, and I have a lot of information that I'm eager to share. But the reason we're talking about alternative milks here and now is because our listeners are going to need it to go with their... Well, Rip's Big Bowl cereal. Woo! It's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back, and it's coming back soon. Um, yeah. You know, really, yeah. really soon. So we are excited. And um, as I said, we do have a lot of options today. So since we don't have Rip's Big Bowl cereal to do the sampling, I thought it would be nice to enjoy today's Snackables episode with milk and cookies. So we'll be testing a few of these uh, plant-based milks. And since two of our granolas are inspired by cookies, we've got the classic oatmeal raisin and the tahini chocolate chip. I thought it would be fun to use them in taste testing. Sound good? Sounds like a blast. Awesome. So before we get started, I have to do a shout out for those who ordered granolas and participated in the survey we sent out. Thank you so much. You make my job easier. We got so many responses. Our audience is just unbelievable. And um, in this survey, we included a question about what granola flavor should we do next? We have four SKUs out there. We were thinking about a fifth. And it sounds like our customers are most interested in lemon blueberry scone as the next flavor. Sounds good, right? And this was actually a suggestion from uh, John Fitzgerald, one of our Plant Strong team members. Um, So thanks, John, for your creative brilliance. And in the poll, we did leave a write-in recommendation. So if you had an idea for a flavor, you could write it in. Would you like to hear some suggestions from our community? I would love to hear the <clears throat> creative juices flowing. Yes. So there were lots of ideas for pies. We heard cherry, pecan. There was a key lime, which I think sounds interesting, right? Uh, peanut butter was another common theme. I saw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, peanut butter cup, and then some tropical flavors like a pineapple upside down cake, Mm. mango habanero. Isn't that good? Like a sweet and spicy. So thank you listeners. I'm not, no, I don't (laughs) think that. I like the mango, but you lost me with the habanero associated with that one. No, not a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Um, So we're going to toy around with R&D and see what shakes out. So be on the lookout for that. 
Um, but today we're here to talk about alternative milks. And I wanted to start with a story, um, a memorable moment from the immersion that I attended, your immer immersion that I attended in, in 2018. And I had the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one discussion with Dr. Doug Lyle, yeah. uh, who wrote The Pleasure Trap and a number of other things and is um, a plant-based advocate. I think he works for True North, right? Yeah, he's a brilliant mm -hmm. evolutionary um, psychologist. And he's been working on, he's been part of our um, immersion program team now for about seven years. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I was so grateful to talk to him. And while you're at the immersions, you're getting all of this information about health and you just want to share it with your friends you know you want to tell people about it because it's so profound and specifically doug has a whole lecture called getting along without going along yes right that yes. is absolutely brilliant um but uh, go and ahead. what does that mean no what is the getting along without or going along without getting along without yeah. going along what yeah. does that mean yeah well basically it's it's a way of overcoming all the objections that people are going to throw at you when they find out that you're doing something as ridiculous as going plant-based mm -hmm. without upsetting the apple cart. Exactly. Right? Exactly. People and, get very defensive yeah. about the, yeah. their food choices. Yeah. And so Doug basically gives you four different rebuttals to handle the, you know, the people that say, well, where do you get your protein? And what do you know? Why are you doing something as crazy as this? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, may, maybe in another episode we can talk about what those look like. Yeah, sound, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Um, well, uh, the question I had for Doug is, you know, with everything that I'm hearing today about meat and, you know, eating more vegetables and removing oil and avoiding dairy, you know, what's the one thing I should focus on when I'm talking to friends and family? What's the one thing I, for my friends who have kids, what's the one thing I should tell them? And he said four words get them off dairy. Mm -hmm. So that was the low hanging fruit of, if you can do one thing to help out a friend and family member, get them off dairy, which is why I'm so glad to see all these alternative milk products. So why do you think that's so, so important? Why do you think that was his answer? Well, it, it, it's multifold actually. I mean, children, there's a very strong link between type one diabetes and, um, and the consumption of dairy products at a younger age because of those undigested amino acids actually pass through the semi-permeable membrane uh, of our intestines. And then our bodies actually see these as a kind of an invader. And so we, we, we go in and we inadvertently, um, by killing off these undigested amino acids in the cow milk, there's that, it's like this friendly fire now goes upstream and actually attacks our pancreatic, pancreatic beta cells that are basically a mirror image of these undigested cow's milk amino acids. And now basically you have a pancreas that is not working properly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's, that Doug's big thing is, you know, with children, you know, that's, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And then of course we have the litany of reasons why, why we're not fans of cow's milk or dairy products. You know, we can start with the casein that comprises 86% of the protein in, in dairy products that is really, it's a growth accelerator. And it's put there, put there by the mother cow to grow the baby cow as fast as possible. And it, you know, by consuming all this, these, you know, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, cow's milk, we're unwittingly 
basically fertilizing dormant tumor and cancer cells. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the big thing there. And of course, it's loaded with saturated fat. It's um, the 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 um, you know it's loaded with cholesterol. It's just like like I say in some of my former podcasts and some of my talks. It's kind of a different form of meat. So yeah. we have runny meat, we have liquid meat, we've liquid got meat. hardened meat, all that stuff. So that, if that doesn't make you want to gag, I don't know what will. And it's highly addictive too, right? Because of the casomorphines. The casomorphine. Yeah, mm-hmm. which they're like low levels of opiates that are there in the mother's milk, you know, for good reason. Mm-hmm. To keep the baby cow from <laughs> drifting too far from mama. Totally. But, you know, we it's so bizarre when you think about it that we are the the only mammals that drink another mammal's milk and not only, you know, as infants, but as an, as adults. It's a little strange right? when you think about it. Yeah. 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 A little, a little strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Well, look at all these options we have in front of us. There's soy milk, almond, coconut, oat milk, rice milk, hemp flax. feels like any nut, seed, or grain that you can think of. You can pulverize it and make a milk out <laughs> of it. You can milk it. <laughs> you can milk it. What's the strangest alternative milk you've seen on the market? For me, it is probably when I saw flaxseed milk. Yeah. I was like, really? You can <laughs> actually somehow get enough, you know, squeeze enough out of a, fl- <laughs> a flaxseed to get a milk? It just seemed kind of nutty to me. And then I'll tell you the strangest taste, the tasty one that I've had. Oh, boy. But, oh, yeah. boy. Okay. I, I don't know if you want that now or later. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I, to me, the hemp milk. Mm. The hemp milk to me is just got a taste where I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's a little strange. It's, it's a little just, strange. It's a little unappealing to me. So, yeah, not I a have, fan. I have a mild hemp oat option that I'd like you to try here in a little bit. Okay. Um, have you tried pea milk, like green pea milk? Have you seen this? I, I haven't tried it only because I'm, I'm assuming that it doesn't actually come from whole peas. It probably comes from powder, pea protein, pea protein. powder, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So. And I, I, I steer clear of that. Yeah, I haven't been able to find a really good, clean, oil-free option uh, in pea milks. Not to say that they're not out there. Have you tried banana milk? Muala is the brand. <laughs> you, have you seen this in Whole Foods? So I, I, I've never tried a commercialized version of banana milk, but I make my banana milk all the time. And I even got a recipe for banana milk in the Engine 2 diet. Oh, what? I didn't from, know that. From 2009. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, here's the last one. And you were talking about your peaches and cream corn. Yeah. Evan and I actually just came up with it on our own because we love corn so much. We're like, let's try corn milk. And we tried it one time. It was absolutely delicious. Sweet, what? creamy, buttery. We put a little bit of salt in it, of course. Um, it was absolutely delicious. And of course, we'll we'll share that recipe with our listeners. Well, stop the presses. <laughs> I think Plant Strong needs to come up with a corn milk. Nobody's doing it. I haven't found a one peaches, on the market. Peaches and cream corn, corn milk. milk. Oh my gosh. Oh my ah! gosh. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, so one, one thing I wanted to draw your attention to is that around the world, many of these plant-based milk brands are facing controversy about the way that they label their products. So the dairy oh. industry argues that the word milk on packaging is confusing to customers. It hasn't, I, I feel like that's been out in the airwaves for years. Yes, it has. So um, have you heard of something called the Dairy Pride Act? Dairy Pride Act. 
have no idea. Let me, let me tell you about it. So the Dairy Pride Act originally proposed in 2017, so it's been out for a number of years, but it was back on the table in 2021, would require that non-dairy products made from nuts, seeds, plants, etc., no longer be confusingly mislabeled, their words, with dairy terms such as milk, yogurt, or cheese. And in this bill, they cite that Americans aren't meeting the recommended daily intake of dairy, right? Thank goodness, because I think it's like three (laughs) servings of dairy. Um, And also in the bill, they cite that consumers know that dairy products provide key nutrients necessary for child development and adult health. However, the labeling of plant-based alternative as, quote, milk conveys a nutritional equivalency that is not accurate to which I say, yeah, they're not nutritionally equivalent. Thank goodness. Right. 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 Um, so I, think, I, know, I think they're grabbing at straws here. Totally. You totally. Know? I mean, gosh. And what a diss to the customer to say that it's confusing to them. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, and the other thing, you know, getting three servings of dairy a day. I mean, I could be completely wrong here, but my understanding is that as Americans, we're probably far exceeding that with all the ice cream and the yogurts and, you know, the milk that's out there and um, cheese. I mean, oh, yeah. I bet you we're getting more like five or six. Yep. I think you're right, Rip. But I understand why the dairy industry is kind of shaken in their boots, right? Because everybody's starting to drink alternative milks. Um, sales alone last year hit $2.5 billion. And that's up 20% versus the prior year. So plant-based milks have been growing and they're continuing to Mm. do so. Mm. And they're prying market share away from traditional dairy. Right now, plant-based milks make up 15% of the total market share. 15%. So that that to me, like if, if I was to go, again, because I think we shop at more like natural grocery stores Mm -hmm. for the most part, Mm -hmm. I feel like they represent at least 50%. You know, yeah. when I look at the yogurts, when I look at the, the well, maybe it's the um, number of SKUs in the assortment. It's yeah. like 50 percent. I think you're absolutely right. I've seen that with yogurt. I've seen that with um, yeah. milks as well. And it seems like ice cream starting to expand in the frozen session. Although although I will say so we we went on vacation a couple of weeks ago to Wisconsin and we went to our the equivalent of their like Piggly Wiggly mm-hmm. and um, they had one plant-based milk offering. I think it was an almond milk in the refrigerated section. And that was it. Wow. So I wow. think it depends on the part Where of the country you're, you're into. I know. We're in our Austin <laughs> bubble. It's true. Yeah. Well, I know we don't typically talk politics on snap- snackables, but this information was so interesting to me. Um, yeah. And it's not yeah. the only controversy in the alternative milk world right now. Ooh, what else? Is? So um, Oatly, my favorite oat milk brand, went public in May of this year. And I was so excited because I really like to support plant-based brands and publicly traded options are few and far between. I really only know of Beyond Meat and then like Mission Avocado. Like those are the two, right? So Oatly coming out was uh, a big deal for me. And- Do you actually own some Oatly? I do, I do. So um, there's an app called Robinhood that I've downloaded and then you can securely transfer money from your bank account and then buy Stocks. So right now, Oatly's at like $18 a share. You could transfer $18 over and buy a share of Oatly. Wow. Isn't that what, cool? So it's 18 now. What's What's been at the high? What's been the low? Do you know? I think it got up to like uh, low 20s, maybe hit 24, was hovering wow. around 22. So it's it's dipped a little bit. Um, and, and there's a reason why, actually. 
Is so a, is this a buying opportunity or not? I think so. And um, last year for Christmas, I love getting stocks for kids because I think plant-based is the future, right? I I fully expect it to grow. Last year, we got our niece and nephews, um, our nieces and nephews, Oatly stock or Beyond Meat stock. And so this year, they're going to get Oatly stock. I hope they're not listening. Um, But it might be time to do some Christmas shopping (laughs) in the summertime because, yeah, Oatly is down. And the reason why is um, a few weeks back, a hedge fund wrote a 124-page scathing report about Oatly. And one thing I'd like to add about the hedge fund that published this, they actually were shorting Oatly. Mm. So you can buy stocks or you can short stocks. And if you want me to give a little bit of a tidbit so about that. So when you're shorting it, you're basically betting that it's going to go down in price. So that sounds like a bit of a conflict of interest. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah doesn't yeah. it? Um, so they said that oat milk is a fad. It's, you know, not not going to stay as popular. It's just what's, what's hot right now. They accused Oatly of intentionally creating scarcity. Um, so like, you know, not producing as much as they could so that they have out of stock. So it seems like it's, you know, hard to get. I find that hard to believe as, you know, people in the plant-based retail world, if we can sell it, we want to sell it and capture that revenue. I don't think Oatly would be trying to do that. Um, they were accused of accounting shenanigans, which sounds scary, but when you shenanigans, right, you don't want to hear that. But when you look into it, it's actually that their financial forecasts were really optimistic. So mm-hmm. they thought they were going to sell a lot of Oatly. I don't know if I call that shenanigans. Well, um, but was it like, I want to say it was maybe two or three years ago where I heard that every, was it a Bartista, right, was using Oatly and the oh, oat barista. milk. Mm-hmm. Barista. Mm-hmm. Barista. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, uh, every barista was using Oatly's oat milk because it performed so well in that environment. Absolutely. Oatly kind of got its, gained popularity. It started off at like the fancy coffee shops in New York City. And then customers were asking, where can I get this? And so it came, you know, from Sweden to the US. It's been around for 25 years, right? It just wasn't popular. Um, Came over from Sweden and Howard Schultz, the um, CEO of Starbucks, is actually an investor in Oatly. So that kind of tells you how it performs with coffee, right? Well, you know, it's interesting. So if you remember, we had some Engine 2 almond milks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We had an original, we had a vanilla. And then because oat milk has always been my favorite once I discovered oat Mm -hmm. milk, at least, at least 12, 15 years ago, the Pacific brand, um, I was like, let's do an engine to oat milk because it really it was authentic and it resonated with me. And the manufacturer that we were looking to partner with was Oatly. This is probably six years ago, seven years ago. And for a number of reasons, it, it never actually worked out. Mm-hmm. But they were fantastic. That's amazing. Wow. What a crazy story. Oh, we might be a different world if that had worked out. Um, But yeah, you know, oat milk is is great. It's it's one of the most environmentally friendly options out there. And I love the brand. I think Oatly is the tastiest on the market. And and, and trust me, I've tasted nearly all of them. Um, And it just wins again again. Do you know? I, I have some theories. I have some theories that we can get into here here in a second. But um, yeah, Oatly stock is down. I think right now it's at $18. So I'm going to do some Christmas shopping. Um, 
and yeah, keep my keep my fingers crossed. You know, of course, Oatly is rejecting all the claims that are coming from this hedge fund with the conflict of interest. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the environment. Do you yes. want to talk about the environment? Sure, Rip. So um, <laughs> you know, I the, one of the questions I hear a lot is what is the most environmentally friendly alternative milk. And so I have a ranking here going from least environmentally friendly to most. Hmm. Um, But before we dive in, I want to make sure our listeners know that one thing is clear. All alternative milks are far better for the planet than dairy. All of them. Um, So if I'm kind of poo-pooing, you know, almond milk for one reason or another, it's still better than dairy alternatives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you, can you, can you put that into perspective by giving us a, like how much water is used in cow's milk? Sure, sure. So, so for example, almond is is lowest on the environmental ranking here, um, and it's because it requires more water than any other dairy alternative. So, it takes about 130 pints of water to produce a single glass of almond milk, but that's still half as much as traditional dairy. Some studies say it's 2.5 times the amount. Uh, of water from almond milk is required to to make dairy milk. Right. right yeah. Right. So pretty significant. Um, you know, it's it's not the best for bees. It's really hard on them. Right. These pollinators are working really hard uh, to to pollinate the almond trees, and that puts a lot of strain on the colonies. So for that reason, it's ranking kind of low. Also at the bottom is coconut, which is less relevant to our audience. Right. Since probably aren't using coconut milk here at plant strong we want to steer clear of that right it's true it's true and if you let me just dive in there for a sec and like for example one of these where's our coconut milk i think it might be right over here oh yeah that's it yes yeah so the thing with coconut milk is it's going to be at least at least 50 percent fat depending upon the variety and um most of it is is saturated fat Right. So it's fat. very, very high in saturated fat because, as I think we know, the coconut fat is 90% saturated fat typically. So we're not fans of saturated fat because of the preponderance of the peer-reviewed research that really links it to heart disease, insulin resistance, cancer, and some of these things. So yeah, so we're not a fan of coconut milk. It makes sense. It makes sense. And environmentally, in some ways, it's a pretty good choice. Um, It has a low impact on the land, low water usage, but most coconuts are grown in Indonesia, the Mm. Philippines, India. So of course, there's the transportation to get them over here to the U.S. Um, And another reason for their low ranking is questionable human rights issues. So Mm. many farmers don't earn enough money for themselves and their family. So if you are consuming coconut, uh, coconut milk, make sure you're looking for those fair trade certified options. All right, next, rice milk. Yep. It is a water guzzler, uh, has a huge water footprint. It's also associated with higher greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and, you know, it was one of my favorites growing up, but it's actually really hard to find a good oil-free unsweetened. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. I've, I've never been able to find a rice milk that is that doesn't have oil. Yep, it's I, I I don't know that they're out there, and you know there there's a lot of fertilizers used, and um, those can pollute nearby waterways. So if you're going to purchase a rice milk because that's your favorite, I would say make sure it's organic. Yeah, hazelnut milk. 
starting to get better. Hazelnuts are environmentally superior to almonds since they get pollinated by wind rather than bees. They also grow in more moist environments like the Pacific Northwest, not Southern California, like most almonds. Um, and, you know, they, they, there's uh, more water in the Pacific Northwest, right? California is facing droughts, et cetera. So um, hazelnut milk is a better option. Soy is actually a great option for the environment. Low greenhouse gas, efficient land use, the lowest water consumption of any of the alternative milks I found out there, just barely beating out oats, just barely. Um, but the primary environmental drawback to soy milk is that soybeans are grown in massive quantities around the world to feed livestock, for meat, for dairy, right? So, you know, there is some um, land use issues there, so many soybeans are grown. Right, mm -hmm. and they're probably, most of those are probably genetically modified too. Exactly, so if you're gonna drink soy milk, which we recommend that you do, make sure it's made from organic soybeans, yeah. and if you can find it, grown in the US. Yeah. And the winner for the most environmentally friendly ding, alternative ding, milk, ding, ding, ding. oat milk. <laughs> Much like soy, oat milk appears to have less of a carbon footprint than many of the other uh, options out there. It requires one-sixth the amount of water of almond milk. Pretty amazing, right? It's also known as a low-input crop. So when it's grown in rotation, oats mm -hmm. create crop diversity that reduce soil erosion and help lower the risk of other plant diseases. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that you did your homework on that. That's <laughs> Thanks. Wonderful. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to give a good ranking. All right, question number two. Yes. What's the healthiest type of alternative milk? And mm -hmm. again, it depends on what your meaning of uh, your definition yeah. of health is, right? What would you say? What's your favorite? What do you think ranks? I would say it would have to be probably an unsweetened variety, for the most part, of either a soy or a almond or an oat. Yeah, something really clean, right? Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about how to pick alternative milks and, and what to be on the lookout for. If I had to pick one, I'd say soy milk. Yeah. I'd say soy milk. It's the only alternative, the mainstream alternative milk that's made from beans. Um, and we know how healthy beans are for us. Yeah. To me, I, it just, it's like, again, it depends what you're after. So like for most of us, we don't need to worry about protein, mm -hmm. right? If anything, if you listen to the podcast I had with Darren Olean, we talked about how actually we should be eating like a low protein diet, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to a high protein, low protein. Mm -hmm. And if you don't care about protein, then you're not going to be drawn as much to maybe soy milks. Like this Eden soy right here, this unsweetened Eden soy, one eight ounce glass is 12 grams. 12 grams of protein. 12 grams of wow. protein. It's like over the over the moon high. Whereas, whereas this almond milk right here, this has got one gram yep. of mm -hmm. protein right there. Yeah, I think soy milk's the only one that really competes with traditional dairy in terms of soy. So if you're choosing traditional dairy for the protein content, yeah. opt for some soy milk. If protein is less important to you, go for another one. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So um, speaking of soy, what's everyone afraid of when it comes to soy consumption, Rip? Why does it get such a bad rap? <laughs> Well, you know, if you're a woman, you think that it's got estrogens that are going to promote breast cancer. If you're a male, you think it's basically 
you know, you don't want estrogens because you're going to grow man boobies or your testicles will shrink, shrivel up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really what we discovered is that none of that really has any merit to speak of, especially when we're talking whole soy. So when you eat soy in its natural state, as, as close to grown as possible. So we're talking about edamame, we're talking about uh, tofu, tempeh, miso, and then of course, soy milk, where it's not soy protein isolates or concentrates, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. whole soy beans like this Eden soy or the West soy, that is something we can get behind. And here's the thing, is that what we now know is that they're actually isoflavones, okay? So these phytoestrogens that are actually isoflavones, they actually can regulate the hormonally active compounds in us by blocking these estrogen receptors. It's absolutely brilliant. So it does just the opposite of the myths that, that, that are floating around out there that it's gonna raise my estrogen levels. No, the reality is it will regulate them. And if anything, it will lower them. That is so crazy to me. And I remember seeing the Game Changers talked about that. I thought that was one of the best sound bites to come out of the movie is it doesn't raise your estrogen. It actually blocks estrogen absorption from other food sources. And then to me, the biggest irony is that the highest, basically, I should say the probably the number one way that Americans are getting estrogens in their diets is from dairy products because that lactating cow's estrogen levels go up 33-fold and now you're consuming that cow's milk, that cow's yogurt, that cow's cheese, the ice cream that's loaded, right, with not only IGF-1s, insulin growth factor number one, but also with these estrogens. So... The irony is amazing. Yeah. The irony is amazing. And I, I was actually wondering, you know, do you think big dairy could be promoting this misinformation about estrogen in soy? No. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No no conspiracy theories on, on plant strong snackables. No, no. Yeah, right, um, right. Well, what I was doing was I wanted to taste oh. test. We have two brands here with us today. Yeah. Eden Soy's Unsweetened mm. Soy Milk and West Soy's Unsweetened Soy Milk. And the reason we like these is because both of them yeah. have two ingredients. They Water, are just... Water and whole soybeans, right? Water and soybeans. Yeah. It's amazing. Both of them are organic. So let's do this once and for all. Okay, this one here is the Eden soy, and this one here is the West soy. Mm-hmm. And do a back-to-back and see, see what we think. And what I'm looking for in a soy milk is I don't want a super soy taste. I want something mild and neutral. Let's see. So this is the Eden on the outside. I tried the West soy first. Oh, that's the okay. West soy. Okay. West soy. Oh, yeah. no, here's your West soy. Oh, here's my West soy. <laughs> mm. It's great. Creamy. Yep. Pretty mild. Yep. All right, let's compare it to the Eden. Ooh, interesting. They do have different flavors. Maybe it's me, but, and maybe it's because one's refrigerated and one's not. Yeah. But the the Eden soy to me has a smell as I'm, as I'm putting it up mm-hmm. into my mouth. I notice it. It's not terribly no, off-putting, but, but it is me, a smell. It, it, the, and the smell to me mm-hmm. is kind of a little bit like eggs, mm. which, which to me is a little bit off-putting. Yes. Okay. I'm getting okay? that. I'm getting, getting that. It's, it's kind of like scrambled disagree. eggs. I don't disagree. Whereas this one, I don't, I don't have any kind of a odor or something. Agreed. Yet. The West Soy has no odor contributor. Yeah. You'll have to, if you guys want to do this at home, do it and then let us know if you agree. Yeah. Let us know which <laughs> ones are your favorite. 
So I mentioned that we'd be trying to uh, give some information as to how to evaluate alternative milks when you're standing in the supermarket, how to pick what to look out for. Number one, of mm. course, is oil. For mm. those living a plant-strong lifestyle, the first thing we want to be on the lookout for is those added oils. And that's how most brands are getting that creamy milk-like mouthfeel. Um, you have to be really vigilant. It's in everything. Yeah. I'm like, and just like picking up these this morning, I'm seeing rapeseed oil. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing um, safflower oil. Safflower oil. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing canola oil. Um, I think those are the three biggies that I'm seeing in most milks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm so, not seeing olive oil in the milks. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> what you know? Why? why? Why no olive oil? Why no olive? Why no coconut oil? No, just <laughs> kidding. Um, so the second thing I, I'd encourage folks to be on the lookout for um, is extra ingredients. Right? We want to mm. keep it really simple. I try to find options that are free from all those unnecessary thickeners gums, emulsifiers, right? I think about carrageenan, which comes from seaweed. There's some evidence that says it's okay, some evidence that says it's not. I try to, you know, I want to be safe, so I'll, yeah. I'll try to stay away. It's really, it's, it, it's really a fancy name for Irish moss. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it has a, a cousin called polygenin that mm. in, in some tests they did with rats specifically at really high levels, it gave them it gave them cancer, but I think that the the research with carrageenan mm -hmm. is is completely different. But it's got a bad rap. It does. It it's really really, really does. Rap. Yep, it contributes to leaky gut. Is what some of the evidence says. It's inflammatory. So yep. if you can get it without it, why not? And there are a lot of brands without it. Um, so one of my favorite brands I brought today. Uh, I brought the standard almond milk and the ultra oh. creamy cashew. Are we going to try any of that? Absolutely. Rip, can you read the ingredients on the cashew for me? So the cashew, I don't even know where to start here because it's so ridiculous. Ready? Yes. Filtered water. Uh-huh. Cashews. Period. Nice. <laughs> I've got the almond milk here. Filtered water. Yeah. Almonds. Period. period. <laughs> exactly. You want to... Yeah, cheers. Let's let's test them out here. Are we are we just gonna go right from the? What are you are you gonna go into your? Can you carefully do it? Can you carefully pour? No. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna empty one out. Completely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh, and it's not so, so creamy. It's no. very creamy. That yeah. One. Yeah. So it's this is 130 calories per eight ounces. 10 grams of fat. Of course, it's coming from those. Let's see. This one is the cashews. That's nice. Very creamy, right? That's Wouldn't nice. that be great in like a, a sauce? Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about this. The the almond milk, I'm looking at this as well, 130 calories, <laughs> 11 grams of fat. But again, it's coming from the nuts. Yeah. And when you compare this to another brand, like we've got Almond Breeze over there, 30 calories, 2.5 grams of fat. Still a really high fat to calorie ratio. Yeah. But the difference is that brand is diluted a little bit more with water. This is a little bit creamier. So I say, you know, this this brand's a premium, right? You're going to pay somewhere between five and six dollars for, for a container. Yep. But you're not paying for a bunch of extra water. So I think this yeah. is a great deal. If it's too creamy for you, you can always thin it out. Yeah. We have a Nutramilk at home, mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. this machine, and you can just throw whatever nut you want, water. If you want to sweeten it, you can add in a date, 
or two, a little vanilla extract, and you've got you've got homemade plant-based milk and you know exactly what's in it that that feels good to me. yeah that's great that's great well i don't know if you want to pour that into here and then oh. try the the almond milk but one thing that i oh, love I, I already did it oh you did <laughs> oh good yeah. oh good so one thing that i love about um this brand elmhurst is it used to be a dairy farm actually and they they saw the trends over the decades about how dairy consumption was declining and actually pivoted and now do exclusively plant-based milks. They call themselves the dairy that gave up dairy, <laughs> which I think is really cute. Mm, that's brilliant mm-hmm. and um, good for Elmhurst. And they're out of New York somewhere. Too, yes, yes, they are. They are. And yeah. and you're starting to be able to purchase it. It was only in regional Whole Foods, but now it's starting to yeah. uh, gain some traction. So excited, excited for them. They also, speaking of unusual alternative milks, they had a peanut milk in their assortment. I saw it online. I couldn't find it in stores, but sounds like something I'd want to try. <laughs> so does it i wonder if it tastes like peanut butter i wonder too it would be great in some peanut butter recipes that would be wonderful Ooh. speaking of peanut butter recipes mm, um another thing you want to look out for when you're choosing an alternative milk is sweeteners right of course we want to find those unsweetened options we don't want anything with sugar or cane sugar yeah. or you know agave what have you um But just because you don't see any sugar or sweeteners on the label doesn't mean your body isn't feeling the effects of sugar from some of these milks. Uh Are you going to burst my bubble here? I'm so sorry, Rip. I have a a, a juicy bit of information that was actually born from a question you asked about a year ago. Do you remember what the question was? I think I do. I mean, I think it was related to the Pacific brand oat milk. Because it is what I've been drinking for a long time. And I couldn't understand how it could have 17 grams of sugar um, when there was no sugar in the ingredient, uh, in the ingredients. Um, yeah, so it says in the nutrition So, so fact I thought panel, it was just naturally, naturally occurring. That was from in, the oats. From the oats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So again... You see 17 grams of added sugar in the nutrition fact panel, but no sugar in the ingredients. Why is this sweet? Um, And when you look at how Pacific oat brand actually compares to other brands, your typical almond milk, you know, store brand almond milk is going to have zero grams of sugar, the unsweetened almond milk. A soy milk is going to range between one and three grams. I think West Soy has three grams of sugar. Uh, Oat milks, you see a range of like four to seven grams of sugar per serving. Generally, Oatly sitting right at seven. And then Pacific is off the charts at 17. Yeah, something doesn't pass the sniff test. Right. Well, Rip, that mystery has been solved. Um, We found out that oat milk producers actually use enzymes to convert oat starch into sugars. So they're taking the complex carbohydrates from the oats and breaking them down into simple sugars, <clears throat> namely glucose, which is sugar, yep. and maltose, which is malt sugar. Um, and guess what? They don't have to list the enzyme as an ingredient. So that's why you don't see it in there. Uh, yeah, there's no enzyme. There's in no there. enzyme. You would see like an amylase or something like that. Enzymes actually qualify as a processing aid and therefore do not need to be 
disclosed in the ingredients list according to the FDA. That seems um, a little slippery. A little slippery. I, I agree. Um, so if you drink this, I think you're likely to see the same blood sugar spike, the same insulin response as if you were drinking a sweetened oat milk. So mm-hmm. just something to consider. You know, another thing, I think just for our listeners, when we say something's got eight grams of sugar in it or 16 grams, just so you can put that into perspective, there's four grams in a teaspoon. So just divide it by four. So if there's 16 divided by four, there's four teaspoons in that. That Coca-Cola that's got 39 grams of sugar, we'll round it up to 40. Mm-hmm. It's got 10 oh my gosh. teaspoons of sugar. Oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. Well, fun, fun fact, I thought this was interesting. In, in doing my research, I found that Oatly used to claim that their milks had no added sugar in their advertisements. Yeah. But they were actually challenged by Campbell's, as in Campbell's Soup, who's the parent company of Pacific Oat Milk. Yeah. Uh, they alleged that they were misleading customers. And so Oatly voluntarily removed this this claim from their marketing. Yep. I think that's fair. I think that's so fair. So do you think that was Oatly using the enzymes too? I think Oatly is probably using an enzyme. They have about seven grams of sugar per serving. So... Um, and they list it right here, seven grams of it added sugars. Uh, so they're a little sweet, but significantly less so sweet. If, let me see. Does this actually have sugar in the ingredients? No way. No way, Jose. Not notely. So I guess my question then is, with something that is made from just oats and water, how much sugar is in there? Naturally occurring sugar. Yeah, it's a good I, question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. We'll you. find out. We'll find <laughs> out. So I think all of the milks we've talked about thus far, I think they could be a little bit healthier. And let me let me plead my case here. If you think about how they're made, they're really just blended, pulverized with water, right? Yeah. And then filter, filtered, a.k.a. stripped of the fiber, stripped of the protein, etc. It's a lot like traditional juice when you think about it, right? Like an apple juice has way less fiber, it's negligible, compared to an applesauce, right? So I have for you a whole food plant-based milk where there is no filtering. You just blend the crap out of it so it's nice and creamy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And you can can use it um, as a milk. You can use it as a creamer if you want to add less water. So we'll be demoing that here in a little bit and, of course, posting the recipe. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that'll be exciting. Mm -hmm. Great. So, Rip, in conclusion, what is the tastiest alternative milk and of course this is a matter of personal preference but what do you guys typically drink in your household we do the we do the pacific brand Mm, okay we do the pacific brand we just you know when you and evan brought to our attention what was going on we are now also doing the reduced sugar Mm -hmm. pacific Mm -hmm. which you have it right there i do i do i it has 80 percent less sugar than their are original probably because they're adding less Enzymes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you, it's but, pretty good. It's pretty good. Tasty. It, it is, although you can definitely tell the difference. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up and try it. Yeah, but 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 my kids, you know, our three kids, um, you can just tell. I mean, you can just tell it's it's that much more watery. Yes. Yeah. It's a little um, bit watery. But no, we we had a, and I'm not exaggerating. We had a hundred dollar a month uh, Pacific oat milk 
habit. Budget. Yeah. That was going oh on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it it's, was it was hardcore. It's very sweet. This is surprisingly sweet actually for only having four grams or three grams of added will you, sugars. Will you hit me with some of that? Yeah, I I'm impressed. This is my first time trying it. Um it's actually delicious. Okay, there you go. And I think it would go great with some of our, our granolas. I'm gonna sample that. No, um, I agree. I agree. That, it's delicious. That, no, that is nice. Good option. Mm-hmm. So wow, yeah. Pacific Foods. Thank you. Thank you for that option. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I would say, if somebody asked me, you know, what is the tastiest alternative milk? I would say it depends on the application. For drinking, I love oat milk. I think it's the closest to a traditional milk. Um, I think Oatly takes the top spot, but the Pacific Foods brand is giving it a run for, for its money. If I was eating it with something like cereals uh-huh. or granolas, I would opt for something without the the sugar and the enzymes. I'd go for something like an almond milk or a cashew milk. Usually nut flavors complement whatever cereal you're having, right? Something really mild. And for if I was doing something where I was making a recipe that required it or baking or putting it in a smoothie, I would try to find a really mild soy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it's, you know, got some protein. It's got some some good fats in there. Um, it's also creamy. It's really creamy. Yeah. It's delicious. As long as that soy is not overpowering. You can you can have some pretty pungent soy milk. I know, I know on Sundays, which is the day that we always do pancakes or waffles, I always use either soy milk or oat milk. Mm-hmm. In our in our waffles and pancakes, and we we adore them. Yep. So is that what ranks? You think they're the tastiest? The soy milk, the oat milks, and the soy milks. That's what we have in our house more than anything. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're about to wrap up here. We can do a, a quick what, demo. Now, what about before you go on? Because mm-hmm. um, I noticed there is something here. So for those people, those oh. diehard people <laughs> that need something in their coffee, they're not following the seven-day rescue protocol where we're not adding creamers or sugars to our coffees. What do you recommend for that barista? Oh my gosh. Well, it's really hard to find a creamer that doesn't have extra oil because again, how do you get that creamy mouthfeel? You add oil. Well, our lovely brand Elmhurst has done a oat creamer that actually just uses the cream from blended hemp seeds. So again, super clean. It's an oat hemp blend. You don't get that super hempy taste that you were talking about. It's very mild. Um, So this would be my recommendation. Or I'd recommend the whole food plant-based creamer that we're going to make here in a little bit. Excellent. All right, Jess, I think we're back. What kind of a plant-based milk are you going to show us? So today we will do a unfiltered pumpkin and hemp seed blend that can be used in cereals. You can add less water and make it a coffee creamer. So a really great option. But again, what I love about this is you're not losing any of the fiber. You're not losing any of the protein. You're just blending up some nuts and some water. I like it. Can't wait to try it. Yeah, I'm excited. So what we've got here in the blender is six cups of chilled uh, filtered water. I'm going to add in a quarter of a cup pumpkin seeds. Actually, I'll let you do that if you don't mind. It can be a heavy-handed quarter. Uh, And then while you're doing that, I'm going to put in two tablespoons 
of shelled hemp seeds. All right, and then I like for my milks to be just a little bit sweet. I'm gonna add in two pitted medjool dates. Ooh. You can do just one if you wanted to, but I'm using yeah. it for coffee, so I want it to be a little bit sweeter. Yeah. And then, you know, I always talk about it. I'm just gonna put in a pinch of salt just to really set off those flavors. There we go, just a little bit. And if you wanted to do a vanilla version, you could use a little bit of vanilla extract, but it's not necessary. I'm just gonna put a small, maybe a half teaspoon uh, in there. Perfect. Uh, just, to, just to give it some flavor. And then you got the tamper. You're gonna hold on to it tight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got All it. right. I, got it. I, got it. I trust you. I trust you. you. Got some expensive equipment here. Yeah. And then we are going to blend it at high speed until creamy. Yeah. All go, right. Go here we it. go. All right. Really putting this Vitamix to the test here. So when the Vitamix is on high, you can't actually adjust it from one to ten. Just on low. Yes, high just means high. Oh, yep. Interesting. So well, you can. You, you gave it the higher power right there. We gave it the <laughs> higher power. Yes, good, good job. Um, and I would say, you know, one thing I forgot to do in the beginning is if you want to blend the nuts and seeds first before adding the water, oh. that assures that you'll get a really, really blended type texture. Yeah. Um, so you can see with this, there's a little bit of particulates kind of floating to yeah. the bottom, but um, they're gonna be so small, you're not gonna be able to taste <laughs> We're them. We're a fan of particulates. Yes, yeah. we are. All right, so where'd those granolas go? I'm gonna bust oh. those out so we can sample. Do you want oatmeal raisin or do you want tahini chocolate no, chip cookie? No, tahini chocolate chip cookie. Really? Yeah. Oh, speakers, well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So am I putting this in here, you think, a little bit? Yeah, sure, you got a spoon? That's right. I'll drink it. You're gonna drink it. Okay. All right. All right. You, you want to do it? You want I'll me let to? you do it. I'll let All you right. do it. Right, you can pour me some in here. Hello. It's nice and frothy. Mm. You see all those bubbles on the top? And it certainly has a beautiful. Isn't that great? Beautiful color. Take some. Thank you. You have anything in there? I'm gonna just pop the granola with it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Hey. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Rip. Here's to the higher power. <laughs> oh yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's pretty darn good. It's actually so much better than I ever thought. Really? Yeah. And again, so simple. Just pumpkin mm. seeds and hemp seeds, they blend up so well. Mm, love it. Mm. With granola. Mm-hmm. Great combination. Man. Guilt-free decadence right mm -hmm. there. Mm. We will post the recipe for this and the corn milk in the show mm. notes. Jess, thank you. You're welcome, Rip. Fabulous job with um, doing your due diligence and research on all things plant-based milks. My pleasure, Rip. This was another great episode. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.